three, <laughs> one. Hello out there in podcast land. This is Can- Can- Canadian Canada Canada Couch Critics. I am here Couch with Critics Canada Couch damn. Critics Canada. God damn it, CCC. It's the CCC. Triple C. All right, we're going to go for take two, uh, Chalupa. Uh, This is for your Fiverr account. Uh, Canada Canada Couch Critics. Ah, All right, come on. Come on, Aaron. Do this. Come on. Come on. Critics Canada. The most important thing is that we're Couch Critics, not that we're Canadian. Canadian, (laughs) it's just to make sure that we're allowed to call ourselves Couch Critics. Canada. Right, right. Well, hello out there in podcast land. You are listening to Canada Couch Cri- Couch Critics Canada Couch Critics Canada. <laughs> I'm thinking of a little. I'm, think, I'm thinking about alphabetical order. Alphabetical. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. That was but a fantastic take. Uh, let, let's go at that just yeah. one more time. One more time. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Back up in the truck. And thank you. two, one, action. Podcast land. This is Couch Critics Canada. I am here with Brian Smith out of Milton, Ontario. Tim Carr out of still Belleville. Hey there, bud. Ontario. Yeah, I'm not right. sure. Sometimes, sometimes there's those are like boundary lines, right? It's like between like what is it, Mississauga and Oakville? Or, I don't know. And then myself, Aaron Chalupa. Uh, obviously, the the color commentary here in Barrie, Ontario. And we today will be discussing the wonderful, legendary Bill Murray. Just straight class act, a real straight class. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? What's going on? What's going on? Fantastic. So uh, we thought we'd do this Bill Murray episode uh, and a Wes Anderson one coming up because there's a movie, The French Dispatch, coming out soon. (gasps) And we wanted to get ahead of it. It's a Wes Anderson film. Wes Anderson films always have Bill Murray in it, it seems. Uh, Ooh la la. They always have a fair amount mm. of the same cast in. Uh, Jason Schwartzman actually co wrote that movie, funny oh, enough. Wow. But uh, it's a little nice. bit different. But anyways, we'll delve into uh we'll delve into that in the Wes Anderson episode, but let's uh let's get into Bill Murray. So what's everyone uh what's everyone's thoughts on Bill Murray overall before we dive into as a comedian an actor i i find that he is like when i whenever i'm watching any of his films uh uh, and i'm probably limited to mostly his comedies and few of his dramas but he's always the coolest guy in the room that's you want to be your friend and not have him making fun of you but like i don't know how he portrays that uh, charisma on uh, on camera but he always seems to pull it off it's such a fantastic dry wit and snappy comebacks as he's leaving a room and like they always play it off like the dumb guy in the room doesn't quite get that he was just made fun of (laughs) i'd love to be made fun of by bill murray he could just follow me around all day and just make fun of every single thing i do i i think about it often where it's like bill murray and chevy chase had very similar starts their career and uh movies you know i guess fletch to ghostbusters that same similar character where Chevy Chase got eaten up by it and 
got bitter and angry and Bill Murray remained unscathed and kind of like the kindly uncle now. Yeah, well, yeah. And like, I, I think it's kind of funny because Bill Murray was so funny. Like, all his bits in SNL are just hilarious. But then he kind of got into more dramatic acting roles and everything. And comparing him to Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase is, Chevy Chase is much more attractive. Bill Murray in my opinion sorry I don't know like it's just like if you look at the two back in the day it's just like wow like like Bill Murray typically wouldn't be the guy that you know the girl would go for kind of thing you know what I mean but then he kind of got cast as that a few times you know like with movies like Groundhog Day or Stripes or whatever just must be his you know alluring persona I never thought about hot how hot Bill Murray is. Uh, I'm gonna try well, you know, not to funny. think about just, it leaving this episode. I was just listening to uh, Joe Rogan talking to Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. and they were discussing about how you know good-looking Chevy Chase was in certain, like you know, early in the days or whatever, and like how he left SNL and everything like that. It's like he had to, or else it was gonna be the Chevy Chase show. It would have been uh, a good couple years. How about you, Bri? What do you oh. think about Bill? Um, I think Bill Murray doesn't get enough credit for the drama roles that he's done. Uh, I, I think he is really good at offering levity to a situation or being a, like, some of his, like, when I think of some of the greatest cameos, I think even his cameo in Zombie Man. Uh, and how ridiculous it was overall. Um, I have fond SNL memories of Bill Murray. Uh, I'm a big SNL guy, so uh, I'm very, very fond of him from there. So, like, I'm a little biased from that perspective. Uh, in my mind, there's very little wrong Bill Murray can do from a comedic standpoint. Um, I kind of am in the same boat. Like, if Bill Murray followed me around all day roasting me, I would absolutely love it. Uh, just, just commenting on everything I do. Uh, that would be that would be fantastic. I know I'd absolutely so, embarrass myself because if Bill Murray was in the room, I would try to roast somebody and then just keep turning to him to be like, "Was that funny, Bill? Was I keep calling him <laughs> Bill? Is that too like informal? Like, am I taking fucking William? liberties now?" Hey, William Murray. <laughs> Um, what I will say is he, he seems like the type of person, um, that like he, to the, if, if you don't have a good sense of humor in real life, he probably just comes off as a dick. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the, that's what I that's what I would say. I think uh, I think he toes that line very well between like dick and funny guy. Uh, but it's tough. It's tough because sometimes, man, uh, sometimes you can you can get past that line. <laughs> well, he's such an interesting character. Like he's always like all over the place too. Like he's golfing. You know, he really likes going on the golfing tournaments. Like where it's the celebrity ones, like Alice Cooper and shit. Um, and then he's a huge Cubs fan. And so you'll see him at yeah. the stadium from time to time and 
just hanging out with guys next to him. And he's just, and like the cool thing about it too is that he just doesn't seem to phase it, and he really tries to calm people down. It's like, hey, don't be weird. Just just be a normal, dude. Like, yeah, I know I'm really famous and everyone loves me, but like, did you ever hear the stories about like how? He'd be in an elevator with a guy and he just like kiss him and it's like no one will believe you and just walks away. <laughs> the floor comes up and it's just like, okay, bye. And the guy would be like, What? It's like, dude, Bill Murray kissed me. It's like, nah, fuck off, you're an idiot. Uh I, I have heard a few of those and I I absolutely love it. I he seems like one of the few people from that era that never got consumed by the fame, but like he's one of the few guys still working, I guess, of that age group, of that snl cast like who who would be left now oh steve martin i was gonna say we could do an entire episode on steve martin and like doesn't even revolve around movies like he is an art critic uh he's a really good banjo player and uh, you know is part of the steep canyon rangers well it's steve martin and the steep canyon rangers which i i love that band um but yeah he's he keeps really busy it seems like a lot of those guys really do their best to keep busy besides just like being famous and doing movies all the time like if you look at Michael, um, pardon me, is it Michael Palin from uh, from Monty Python? Like he yeah. he writes books on like nautical ships from like the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we jump <laughs> off Steve Martin, I guess that's a good tie-in too. He just released on uh, Disney Plus a show with I just Selena saw that Gomez. With Martin Short. Yeah, Martin Short, Selena Only Gomez. Only murders in the building, right? Yeah, yeah. I was intrigued to look into it, but I'm like, eh, it's Selena Gomez, though, and it's on Disney. Uh, Disney has been putting out <laughs> amazing Gomez. content. I will defend that streaming platform. Uh, yes, Mandalorian is so good. Bad so much, but now. it's it, yeah. And it was originally, I think, developed for Hulu, which I know Hulu is technically owned by Disney, but. Uh, they're still like they keep these things relatively separate. It's not like Disney's producing everything mm. individually, right? So they're just a big conglomerate for a lot of for a lot of these. Big um, but I do like a good who done it, so I I do want to yeah. watch it. Uh, lots interested. of positive reviews. Oh, tired Brian. Yeah, sweepy Brian. I'm always tired, man. I got a Sabrina's kid. sick. I'm Sabrina's married and I have a kid. Right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's Sabrina. Uh, Make sure to cut an onion in half and put it at the bottom of her socks. Uh, she uh, She's a champ, though. She handles it so much better than I would. <laughs> no, you get the man flu, too. Yeah, Danielle, I'm sorry. help me. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> uh, should we dive into Bill's films and kind of talk about his films overall? We're not going to talk about them all. So uh, if you're, There's a lot. There's if a you're lot. one of our avid listeners and we, we leave out a movie, let us know. We'll leave, our, we'll leave our contact information in the description. Click the link down below. Subscribe, like, yada, yada, yada. Have fun. All right, let's get into we'll, it. We'll, we'll quickly talk about your the movie you wanted talked about in the next episode, and we'll even name you. We'll be like, hey, this is for <laughs> Murray Murray fan number five. Blaze for twenty sixty. You wanted us guys, to talk about larger than life. For, you guys suck too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we wanted. 
Yeah, that was one of oh. my few reviews. I think I had about five or six uh, for the channel, and it was, you're a douche. That's it. It doesn't like oh, leave a lot of imagination. There's no room to hey, grow off that kind of commentary. Fuck we're that cleaning guy. things, so go to hell. <laughs> Douches are very helpful and uh, you know almost necessary yeah. in today's world. Well, and like as we continue to grow the show and uh, talk about stuff, like yeah, we definitely needed the fan feedback to know what to talk about. But uh, breaking stuff down Absolutely. because coming back to Bill Murray time and again is always going to be fun. Like even going by decades yeah. and how he's changed over his career. Well, like where I was first introduced to Bill Murray is Meatballs, one of his earliest films. And I don't know if that film aged fantastically. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, his character in that probably doesn't age well with uh, today's audience. It's a little bit rapey. Like he, he's cornered a girl on a couch, bear hugging her, rolling her to the floor as she's screaming no. And he's like, ah, no, that's fine. But it was another time. It is still one of my favorite camp movies. Uh, it <laughs> not because I of learned that. everything camping from that. Uh, yeah, like I, I never had. Uh, it, it's not a relatable experience. Like I, I think the camp uh, kind of send your kids away for the summer has gone away these days. Like I don't know anyone that's ever done that or would do that for their kids. But uh, a lot of what people a still do. It's just not movie. a whole summer. It's always like a week long. These children are going to the most glamorous of all summer camps, Camp Mohawk. There's a two-year waiting list, and every child has to be voted in. On top of all that, it costs $1,000 a week to go to Camp Mohawk. The question is, is it worth $1,000 a week? It sure is. It's the best darn camp there is. Well, are you connected with Camp Mohawk? Well, I think so. I'm the program director, Jerry Aldini. Well, how do you justify $1,000 a week? Well, we have some special programs. Uh, we're doing Shakespeare in the Round again this year, of course. Uh, our political roundtable, Henry Kissinger, will appear. Yasser Arafat is going to come out, spend a weekend with the kids, just rap with them. That's amazing. And the kids wanted animals, so this year each camper will stalk and kill his own bear in our private wildlife preserve. Are you sure the children can, uh, can hack that? We'll see. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer, uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. That's incredible. What do you expect for $1,000 a week? Hey, you have a good summer, too, huh? So, uh, do you guys have any feelings about meatballs? Uh, anything strike a chord with you? Is that a nostalgic go-to for you guys at all when summer begins? Um, for me, not so much. Uh, mm. you know, it's I've probably seen it maybe two, three times, and uh, not for a while. Like it, it's the type of movie that has a couple laughs, but um, even as a comedian. Normally, I'm okay if things don't age well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And, like, I can still laugh even knowing that they don't age well. Yeah. But this one, this one, like, it doesn't bring out the same laughs for me that it did when I was younger. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> That's fair enough. I, I think I just had yeah. seen it so many times when I was younger. It, it has that nostalgia. I don't think I could show it to, uh, to anybody else that hadn't seen it and still enjoy it, not like some of other uh, Bill Murray's other movies. I'm going to keep calling him Bill. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. 
Bill, come on the show. Yeah. Stop me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You got a guy that would home. come. <laughs> He'd call I your bluff. Do. We're doing an episode on you. Come join. Watch. Hey. Let us know what you think. He does a <laughs> podcast on us. Yeah, and he's like, I, I reviewed all your podcasts, and uh, I have to say, I'm extremely disappointed <laughs> in uh, this specific episode. But in this episode, I thought you guys did a good job talking. About <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I was just thinking, I was looking at my Don Cherry 18 on my movie shelf, and I was like, Bill and Mary would do a great job playing Don Cherry, I think. Oh, God. Can you imagine just, you know, have him grow out his white hair as much as possible and, uh, you know, like just tough it up a little, uh, you know, smooth it out a little bit and then just have him go on a rant and yell at, uh, I'm not sure who could get to be the Ron McLean, but uh, just have him yell at him the whole time. Maybe Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> Movie pitch idea. Oh, we go for Love Guru 2, we get Mike Myers involved. <laughs> And then it's just interspliced with Bill Murray as Don Cherry. <laughs> Perfect. Instead of instead of Stephen Colbert and Jim Gaffigan, I like it. Yeah. Perfect. I will say, was, uh, you haven't seen Meatballs. You may be uh, you 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 don't need to go back and watch it. Meatballs I was gonna say you guys didn't sell <laughs> me on it. It's a perfect cottage movie for a rainy day when you can't get out, like Stand by Me, but. Uh, oh yeah i, I don't think it yeah all right bill murray bill murray <laughs> we've gone past meatballs what's the next one on the list what's something else we've got to talk about caddyshack Holy oh fuck. another we, great well, summertime how many, movie. how many spicy meatball kisses do we get brian what is this, four out of five four and a half out of five <laughs> and we start getting the snl cast with them you get you see chevy chase in there you get to see rodney dangerfield high on coke and so Caddyshack was basically about a golf course and the caddies that were kind of summer students working there, having a good time. Some yeah. outstanding bits from that was the fucking gopher and Bill Murray chasing it. The yeah. uh, chocolate bar in the fucking pool. In the pool. Yep. 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 And like Oops. super quotable referenced all the time in pop culture, like family guy does it a million times. Yeah, uh, a lot of people quote it. Don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. (laughs) Hey, everybody, we're going to get laid. Well, we're waiting. Rat farts. Rat farts. I I think Uh, if we're going to talk about recommendable movies of Bill Murray, this is 100% a must-see. This is... This would be a starter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get your feet wet with Bill and then move on. So I jump ship in Hong Kong. And I make my way over to Tibet. And I get on as a looper at a course over there in Himalayas. A looper? A looper. You know, a caddy, a looper. Jack. So I tell him I'm a pro jack. And who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself. The 12th son of the Lama. The flowing robes, the grace, bald. Striking. So I'm on a first tee with him. I give him the driver. He hauls off and whacks one. Big hitter, the Lama. Long. Into a 10,000-foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says? No. Gunga, galunga. Gunga, gunga, la gunga. So 
we finish 18, and he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, Lama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know. And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me, which is nice. From there. Yeah, you under this this helps you understand kind of how quirky he can be uh and like Gaddyshack I would say offers very uh a glimpse into the different styles of humor that you'll see um from Bill Murray. So I think it's a I think it's good for that as well. Did we ever get to see this outlandish of a character from him later, like on in the films? Or is this like kind of a one-off because he's more of a background getting to be like that? He's got the funny voice. He's he's the he's the imbecile. The facial no. mannerisms and stuff, yeah. Yeah. We got uh, we, we need to get rid of the gophers on the golf course. It's like, well, if we get rid of the, the gophers, then how are we gonna make any money for the golf course? Not the golfers, the gophers. <laughs> Yeah, like like he's got the the silly voice. Like it's a real character, you know. Like it, I would almost like this is referencing somebody that's more modern, but like an Adam Sandler kind of thing, where he has to make a character. It's not it's not Happy Gilmore, it's not Billy Madison, it's Little Nicky, it's Waterboy. You know, you have to create this character with a different voice. You know, like body language yeah. is totally different, like slouched, kind of lazy, all that kind of stuff. Is it unfair to say in every movie after this, we pretty much see Bill Murray playing as Bill Murray, kind of playing a Bill Murray yeah. variant yeah. throughout most yeah. of them? Confident, witty. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Chasing all the I, women. Yep. I think, uh, I think the other thing that we, we need to highlight with, uh, with Bill Murray is that he, you know, we kind of talked about him being a dick. There's a recurring theme that we're gonna that we're gonna see with some of the facts that I have mm. about him and vowing to never work with people again and struggling <laughs> with his co-stars. I think that comes a bit from people maybe not once again understanding his style of humor and and destroying like old friendships too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. To be continued. You're going to have the world rock. It started alongside Bill yeah. Murray and What About Bob in 1991. And while it may have been all laughs on the screen, Richard is now revealing to Yahoo Entertainment that Bill was abusive behind the scenes. Talk about it for years. Bill just got drunk at dinner. He was an Irish drunken bully, is what he was. He came back from dinner. He walked in and I said... Read this. I think it's really funny. And he put his face next to me, nose to nose, and he screamed at the top of his lungs. Everyone hates you. You are, you are tolerated. There was no time to react because he leaned back and he took a modern glass-blown ashtray. He threw it at my face from closer than you are. And it weighed about three-quarters of a pound. And he missed me. 
He tried to hit me. I got up and left. <laughs> Paula says, no, I love that movie. What is the point of opening old wounds? Well, I guess now he feels comfortable he can bring that up. It's been so long, it's been yeah. 20, 28 years since that movie oh, yeah, came yeah. out. Does that surprise you, nope. Bill Murray? Nope. I mean, it's a claim, allegedly, I guess you have to say. Yeah. But totally yeah. does that surprise nope. you? Not at all. Let's see, what we know about Bill Murray, you know, he's very... Not at all. <laughs> Reclusive. Yeah. I think people always find it enduring how, in a way, I guess he is slightly weird. difficult to work with. Yeah. yeah, weird yeah. and difficult to work with and hard to get a hold of and that kind of thing. And yeah. people have always said it's been enduring. Yeah. And I guess maybe it's just hard to like put an opinion like that out there because it's yeah. Bill Murray, right? It's a legend. But I guess yeah. Richard Dreyfus is at a point in his career he can he's comfortable saying that. Yeah, I think Richard Dreyfus needs to figure out a quicker way to tell that story. <laughs> that's what you, that's your takeaway from that? <laughs> Come on. Cassius <laughs> says, doesn't shock me. Bill Murray always seemed like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope in the end it just ends with him being an amazing person that I hope will <laughs> adopt me as like a comedic guide, spirit guide. Hey, Bill, we're cool, man. I'll be cool. I won't be cool. I love fuck you, Bill. <laughs> Sounds like you're a piece of shit the more I read about you. <laughs> This Caddyshack, 100% recommend. Where are we going next in this fucking legendary career? Or am I rushing us too much? Uh, I would no, say the no, first movie right. that he uh, he carries on his own, Stripes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Stripes is a great first. movie. Yeah. My, my dad. Where the Buffalo Room technically was before that, but none of us have seen it. So we'll talk about it maybe another time. My dad. <laughs> Made it. He gave me the blessing to watch this with him and my mommy. Um, great, great comedy. Oh my god! Yeah, we had this on VHS as well. I think I watched it when I was twelve. I don't think I got the entire pro- premise, but very funny, very, very funny. And John Candy, along yeah. with Harold Ramis and a couple other guys. I'm trying to think of who else was notable in, in that uh, ragtag crew there. But oh, awesome, awesome, awesome movie. Yeah. Or John get Candy's anyone so in anger. Too. Unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. I don't know what kind of soldier I'm going to make, but I want you guys to know that if we ever get into real heavy combat, I'll be right behind you guys every step of the way. Okay, Mr. Push-Ups. Let's hear your story. Chicks dig me. Because I rarely wear underwear, and when I do, it's usually something unusual. But now I know why I have always lost women to guys like you. I mean, it's not just the uniform. It's the stories that you tell. So much fun and imagination. Lee Harvey, you are a madman. When you stole that cow, and your friend tried to make it with the cow? <laughs> I want to party with you, cowboy. <laughs> the two of us together? Forget it. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to volunteer my leadership to this platoon. An army without leaders is like a foot without a big toe. And Sergeant Hulka isn't always going to be there to be that big toe for us. I think that we owe a big round of applause to our newest, bestest buddy and big toe, Sergeant Hulka. 
I guess that's the Second City connection because this is where we start to see a lot of like the SCTV crowd come in with the SNL guys. And Harold Ramis, holy fuck, I had no understanding of what a career that man had had. Like how much oh, yeah. writing he's done. He's one of the quieter of the that group. Yeah. Yeah, he he definitely is one of the one of the more understated guys in that group. That being said, well, when we get to it, I have an interesting fact about the friendship between Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. So stick so around, I'm, everybody. So I'm looking Whoa. at Mental Floss. You can go to Mental Floss for all your uh, movie fun fact needs. I've, I'm using them for two movies here. What? Whoa. The Defense Department liked the script. It was very, very pro-America propaganda, obviously. You know? Yeah. Join the Army. Hot women. Put yourself steal, up by your bootstraps. Discipline is good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Army recruitment numbers went up after the movie was released by about 10%. Jesus. Most of the cast was drunk for two weeks following John Lennon's death. Oh, my God. That's an interesting fun fact there. John Lennon died during this movie. What was a better war uh, movie, uh, a comedy war movie? Uh, Bill Murray's Stripes versus Polly Shore's Water... Waterboy was that one? Water no, Boy no, as well? in the army now. In, in the, the army, army now. now. That was uh, pretty funny. When I was a kid, I loved it just because it's Paulie Shore <laughs> and he's kind of ridiculous and not a good actor. Um, uh, I think the best army movie is Major Pain. <laughs> oh, oh God! It's so well good. done. Demon yes. Wins. Oh my God, Damon Wayans. <laughs> Headset drop. <laughs> yeah, that that was Bam Bam one. Bigelow, the wrestler in it. <laughs> Uh, in Kentucky doubled for Czechoslovakia. I was going to bring that up too. That Czechoslovakia is the, the communist country they go to with the vehicle. But yeah, Kentucky doubled for it, which I've not been to Kentucky um, long enough. I drove right through. We stopped at a KFC, so I could not confirm if it, it really looks like Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic nowadays. Was the KFC in yeah. Kentucky any better? Uh, it was a KFC slash Taco Bell. So we got some mm-hmm. KFC. And I got myself a chalupa with the chalupa wrapping. And I tried to get a free one, and they would not give it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, but you ruined my childhood. I got tormented like crazy. You fucking podcast so, star is always expecting more and more. I Well, I wasn't podcasting at the time. I think it was 22. Young, oh, wow. young, ig- young chalupa. Kid. Yeah, with, with not as many gray hairs, nearly. Uh, I think, I I think the movie overall... Uh, the movie overall is one of, you know, one of the more nostalgic movies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of even like when they're the the like chicks dig me line, you know, because they don't wear underwear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like all of those things come up, and it it just he's so deadpan in in things like that, and I don't know how no one in the room is not just like dying laughing or how many takes something like that would take. Cause for me, I think that's another thing that is kind of a recurring theme is he's got such a good delivery in great timing that I cannot imagine not, uh, just like cracking up and ruining the take. Oh, and having absolutely. to do like five or six takes on mm-hmm. every individual thing. And maybe that's why he's around so many, uh, like SCTV, SNL people, because at least they're used to, uh, they get used to it a little bit, and they're relatively good at 
not breaking unless you're Jimmy Fallon. Uh, <laughs> Fucking Jimmy Fallon. Then, then you break all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's part of his charm. No. He's so fucking tall, too. I never knew how tall he was. Random. Yeah. Oh, that's very me. random. Uh, uh, I was going to say, when you're talking about being so, like, deadpan and trying not to break the, you know, character and laughing out loud on set. I fall real <laughs> quick. Uh, yeah, it feels like uh, Stripes, and I don't know the exact timing, but, like, for Police Academy and so many other lesser movies throughout the years... The graduation scene set the stage for a lot. The bonding scene, I, I, I'm sure it was done before, but this is like the the blueprint to a lot of movies that we would see later on. And uh, highly, highly recommend Stripes uh, for myself, anyways. I'm thinking that if we redid this, it's just like one of those like small films where we just made it short. I think, Brian, you'd be John Candy. Damn, man. You just you're easily the I'm funniest bad. of the three. No, that no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I fucking see you, Chalupa. I see you, you piece of shit. I was Sorry. hoping you'd say that too, because that's one of my favorite scenes is when they're like talking to John, John Kennedy. It's like, John Kennedy's like, well, you know, I got a weight issue. It's like, no, no, no. He's like, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I would say to him, it would be Harold Ramis. It's because of the glasses. It's not bad. And I'll I take would, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't. Oh, and I'll be Bill Murray. And I definitely wouldn't be Bill Murray. We'd have to get somebody else to be Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was coming to loop. Um, I'd be I'd be one of the female characters. I'd be dressing up in, in drag and playing the females the whole time. I get so, pass for psycho. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, oh, just uh, <gasps> just to bounce back, Caddyshack, uh, all of his lines were improvised. Bill Murray? It was full improv, Bill Bill Murray. That doesn't surprise me. The, the Cinderella boy is amazing. Yeah. Uh and then Stripes, he vowed after Stripes to never work with Sean Young again. Sean Young being the female lead. Uh, really? Yeah. Huh. He had such a miserable time alongside. He pledged to never work with her again. Wow. Interesting. Um, even though they're, you could argue that they have good chemistry. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. You know what? I had to look at the years. I thought this was maybe released um to counter like with some with some lighthearted humor after the release of full metal jacket but full metal jacket wasn't until 87 stripes is 81 yeah. yeah it seems that it was like the perfect timing if you would have like you know for movies to be released but yeah yeah much much earlier much earlier mm-hmm. we we get into it ghostbusters wait there's dun, ghostbusters dun, 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 before dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we just, okay, Tim, we'll let you take the lead. We know you're. Yeah. You got a raging bone, yeah. or you're gonna slime everyone. Uh, Ghostbusters, such a solid movie. You have Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and uh, Bill Murray tearing it up. Um, I'm gonna find the unless somebody has the IMDb open already. The secretary, whoever plays Sigourney her, Weaver. Sigourney yeah, Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, looking like a fox. Yeah, but fantastic. I'm not even gonna look. It is a fantastic fucking movie. The walking in and tinkling the piano keys. Please let me. So something's gonna happen here. I want it to happen to me first. The closet. Mm-hmm. 
I hate this. I like to torture him. That's right, boys. It's Dr. Venkman. A lot of space. Just you? Yes. Good. One thing that I often find that gets overlooked because what I recently watched this movie and I had it's no idea that this was part of it. Um, when they're all asleep being tuckered out, uh, Dan Aykroyd starts to have There's a dream where he's fucking a ghost or she's giving him a blowjob. And like as he's laying there, there's like his pants unbuckle, zip down, and start to get pulled down as if it's actually happening. To imply that a, a ghost is he's having an encounter, but then it's never readdressed. Yeah, yeah. Dan Aykroyd also really into the supernatural, like ridiculously. I listened to the Joe Rogan interview with him, mm-hmm. and Joe's just like, nah, I don't believe that. Nah, you're full of shit. Nah, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd's like, no, no, it really happened. Harry, do you believe in God? Never met him. Yeah, well, I do. And I love Jesus' style, you know. This roof cap is made of a magnesium tungsten alloy. What are you so involved with that? These are the blueprints for the structural ironwork in Dana Barrett's apartment building, and they're very, very strange. Harry, do you remember something in the Bible about the last days when the dead would rise from the grave? I remember Revelation 7:12. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth, and the moon became as blood, and the seas boiled, and the skies fell. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Every ancient religion has its own myth about the end of the world. Myth? Ray, has it ever occurred to you and maybe the reason we've been so busy lately is because the dead have been rising from the grave. How about a little music? Netflix special on Ghostbusters. What uh, that series called uh, the movies that made us completely necessary it. to see is so good. Okay, good to know. Uh, Danielle may have watched that already. She oh. watches a lot during the daytime when like Sabrina apps. Uh, it's disappointing if she has. Definitely disappointing if she has. I'll have to. I'll have to. Murder well, I saw her. that. And I was like, <laughs> did somebody listen to our first episode and decided to make, you know. A Netflix series about it? God damn, why didn't we pitch to Netflix before doing a podcast? We're idiots. Well, I'm not going to ruin anything by saying this little tidbit from it, but at a certain point, um, Harold Ramis' daughter is just kind of giving his perspective because he's already unfortunately passed. And uh, she remembers when uh, Dan Aykroyd showed up. He had this amazing plot about how Ghostbusters were going to be set in the future. These guys are just a fledgling... uh, franchise of ghostbusters yada 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 which down the road would make an amazing like uh movie if they were just to continue this uh the universe but uh so her they were at the cottage for like three weeks 
Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd just endless amounts of blow and rewrote the whole thing. And they like had already sold the movie with the name and then they had to go get the rights later because it's on something else. It was this whole fucking kerfuck thing. It was amazing. Interesting. That I know like them. I know that Bill Murray accidentally signed on to do it. <laughs> um so he did well didn't accidentally sign on I should say but he only did Ghostbusters because he was trying to fund Razor's Edge which is oh. a movie we won't talk about but it was like a passion piece for him. Okay. Uh none of us have seen it unfortunately. So he signed on to Ghostbusters so Columbia would fund Razor's Edge. Oh. Negotiating power. Yeah. Yeah, it's a kind of the the classic uh you hear about in Hollywood all the time. Tropic Thunder jokes about it. The whole yeah. like uh it, you know, one for Which me, one for you. Yeah. Yeah. Tropic Jim Belushi was going to be in it, but unfortunately he passed. That's why they based yeah. Limer on him. Uh some memorable like Ghostbusters to me, there's things that just stand out. Uh that's a big Twinkie. What else? <laughs> um, yes, I it's think, true. Uh, this man has no dick. <laughs> I'm fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. What do you? I mean remember. Bad? I remember <laughs> seeing the the chase scene with that dog chasing Rick Moranis, and I was so scared. I think it was like five or something like that. And so I didn't watch it for years. I think I watched it when I was fourteen, front to back, and really good. Number two, eh, not so much. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I love the special effects. Like when it's the cheesy special effects stuff, like the eggs exploding in the fridge. I think that's so cool. And it's like, oh, yeah. well, like how do they do that? But it's like actually quite simple. And they're not like destroying the whole house or they're not using like actual like demolition techniques or whatever to just explode an egg. But I love that kind of stuff. It's very cool. The hands coming out of the uh, chair to grab her as it gets uh, slid yeah. into the thing. That was frightening. Yeah, um, I think we all got really curious about our bodies when uh, Sigourney Weaver was uh, being all sexy. We're like, whoa, what's happening? Some of us more than others. Apparently, that brings up a good more, point. More for Rick Moranis for me, because <laughs> they had sex, right? That's heavily implied. The, uh, Rick Moranis's character and Sigourney Weaver's the gatekeeper oh, the and gatekeeper the key holder. And the key holder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never picked suggested. up on that until my recent rewatch. So I guess I haven't I'd seen agree. it since I was a kid. Love that car. Love the theme song. The music was actually written by a Canadian, I believe. I forget his name right now. Hmm. Damn would be good if you had the name checking it was nominated for best music original song oh. uh the one of the best bits in the entire movie to me was uh like bill murray gets slimed early on but uh, after the explosion of the puff he's monster <laughs> he comes around the corner and he's just got like a little bit of marshmallow on him it's like you guys are right <laughs> That car is wow. absolutely iconic as well. And like absolutely. so much of the imagery, it, it, it feels real. Like that's one of the things that I always look for in a sci-fi movie is I like the used earth. That's why like Blade Runner, uh, um, 
scanners every uh star wars is when it's a used universe it always seems that much more real and cool um like more grounded uh i would definitely recommend ghostbusters and with the upcoming release of the new ghostbusters coming out i have to say that this is the first time in years i've been legitimately excited for a movie like giddy like a kid trying not to watch trailers anywhere that they pop up i am hoping I'm hoping it's cool. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have, uh, I don't know if I have high hopes for it, but, uh, I temper expectations with stuff like that. I'm, you know, fingers crossed, but temper your expectations, Tim. It's key. You know what? This is the last time. This is the last time they're going to get me every other time like that. Uh, after this, I'll just be pleasantly surprised if it's good but I want to go in high hopes. I want this to be good. Well, yeah. record a, record us a five-minute short afterwards. And Fuck we'll Paul Rudd. Ant-Man-looking <laughs> bitch. Hey, what is oh, he man. still, 30? Fuck. Who the fuck does he think? Um, go back to friends, asshole. Cool. Scrooged. Now we take a. Now we do a little bit more of a deep dive, and Tim, Woo! I will pass this off to you great movie okay i'm gonna tie scrooged into a very murray christmas because both of these movies are christmas to me these are something that i need to see to know that it's christmas you know same as seeing hans gruber fall off of nakatomi tower like it is what brings in the season is scrooged and long jeez i i to look at you i wouldn't have guessed more than three tops oh frank Frank, you are in trouble. Big trouble. All right. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that you're right, that I am in big trouble. What exactly would that mean? Look at me. Look at your future. Now, if you don't change your ways, you're going to wind up doomed, just as I am. (coughs) One minute. I'm on the 14th hole at Wingfoot, lining up a putt. A heart attack later... I'm a worm feast. No, 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 no. You're not a worm feast. You're a hallucination brought on by alcohol, Russian vodka poisoned by Chernobyl. I've been under a lot of pressure lately. I've been putting on a big silence. Out. I had it all. I was a captain of industry. Feared by men, adored by women. Adored. Let's be honest, Lou. You paid for the women. I'm warning you, Frank. Don't waste your life as I did mine. Waste? How can you say that? You're a legend in this business. You're the man who invented the miniseries. Mankind should have been my business. Charity, mercy, kindness. That should have been my business. Don't wait. Get yourself involved. Now, it's too late for me, but it's not for you. You can be saved. It has its flaws. It is not a perfect movie. Uh, from what I've read is, uh, again, Bill having a, an issue with the director. Um, he kept telling him to be louder, to be crazier. But like that first half hour of this movie is so good. And it's such a good play. And there's such a nice buildup. The effects are cool with the skeletons and stuff. And uh, basically, it's a uh, another version of, what is it? A Christmas Carol, uh, Charles Dickens. So it, it's just a dark, darker comedy version of that, you know, of all of the different ones that you could see. Patrick Stewart's is good. The Muppets is great. 
Scrooged is fantastic. Um, you've got the I, I forget who plays the the her name that plays the love interest, but she's very iconic for the time. She was the Indiana Jones uh, love interest yeah. in the Temple of Doom. But she's Claire f- Allen. Karen Allen? Claire. Karen Allen. Also, okay, Karen Allen. Also in the Sandlot. Yes. <laughs> she is fantastic. She plays such a, a, a well-rounded, like, kind of character. I know like, she, she might come off a little two-dimensional in this because she doesn't give him much screen time. A little, bit. a little bit. We'll just staple the antlers to the mice. <laughs> you most certainly will not. <laughs> Oh God! It just the uh, the girl flying in the the fairy the Christmas past and smashing him in the face with a fucking toaster. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she cut up his face pretty good when she did that. Like grabbed him by the lip. They had to stop uh, filming for a couple of days. They even had to uh, because the the studio and complete Scrooged fashion were not going to give them Christmas and Boxing Day off. So the director fired everybody for two days and then rehired them. It's uh, it's, it's a sad movie. It's a great movie. It's a happy movie, which it just had all the elements to it. It had that 80s business vibe, which was cool. But uh, the... the Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, my God, with the shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the wabbit. <laughs> the biggest issue with the film is its ending as he's like being told to scream and scream and scream and he, he's giving this impassioned speech where you know you would see previous and other movies and what's to come of Bill Murray's career that could have been such an emotional staple on a sh- uh, on a movie but we just have a whacked out Bill Murray rambling in my opinion uh, how do you guys feel about Scrooged? Uh, I like I I like I I like the way it's shot. I actually think that Richard, I think it's uh Richard Donner. Um, I think that's you the director's name. Uh, yeah, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, Richard Donner. Uh, he does a good job shooting it. So Richard Donner did uh the Lethal Weapon series uh goonies another one he did um i think superman one and two as well maybe three one and two at least Uh, different different movies i think he did a really good job directing it that uh and kind of letting bill murray be bill murray right and frank cross is such a he's kind of a dick um obviously that's the character yeah and bill murray plays it so well because i've established that bill murray can toe that line very well between being just a dick and being funny yeah and kind of toes that line perfectly right and i think it goes a long way when you have a director that's kind of that can understand that and just let the man work um yeah I think uh, overall, I think it's probably one of the stronger Christmas movies. Danielle and I watch it uh, pretty consistently. I imagine we're going to delve into it a little bit more when we do our Christmas episode or one of our Christmas episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, agreed. The... This would be one of the ones we'd watch after watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. One of my, da- one of my dad's favorite Bill Murray movies, big time. 
Mm-hmm. In I my love heart the, of... ca- the cabbie scene, you know, just oh, jumping into the cabbie, the ghost of Christmas past, and it's just like Niagara Falls. My, in my heart of hearts, I know that Scrooge is not a great movie. Like I would have a hard time recommending it to somebody that hasn't already seen it. Sure. In the in the context of Christmas movies, I think it's great. I feel it's like very dark. A it's very dark with, like, nice... Christmas is yeah. the completion of this idea in a lot of ways. And I love I love that special. I don't know if I'm the only one. You you're alone there. Uh, you're alone there a very merry christmas maybe was one of the most disappointing specials i've watched in terms of christmas specials i fucking love it it. i think it's so good Uh, him and miley cyrus at the end after he dies um i it's you look at the you look at the people michael Sarah, george clooney uh sophia coppola directed it funny enough a very merry christmas just to me it had so much more potential and maybe i came into it with too much hope uh but it was super disappointing super disappointing you know what if we do a christmas episode like we were talking about we'll have some rum and eggnogs we'll go in new heart new friends i will show you the majesty of this fucking movie i hope this isn't the end of couch critics canada (laughs) (laughs) moving on next Uh, movie ghostbusters 2 Ooh, you really need to wait. Yeah, move on. Hollywood is gearing up for the Academy Award ceremonies, and everybody is making predictions, but we have the master with his choices for the Oscars. Here's Bill Murray. <laughs> Aliens the sequel, they never win. Otherwise, where the hell's Police Academy? Would have been here. Uh, this is another reason why I probably won't do Ghostbusters 2. The deep, deep fear that the Academy will not recognize my work. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Did he even have Sigourney Weaver in it? Like, God. Groundhog yeah, she was. Day. Didn't she, she have a baby in that her. that gets stolen? I thought they got a different actress. Checking. I got it. Young Jamie on it. Uh, yeah, she's still in it. Yeah. And I assume that baby is Rick Moranis's. Annie Pop ah, is still yeah, in right. it. He was the... Uh... Uh, sorry, Brian. You said the next one was Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Probably my favorite Bill Murray movie. On Groundhog's Day, because I know what I was doing. Well, why don't you tell us what you're doing, and maybe it'll remind me what I was doing. I was watching Groundhog's Day. Oh. Groundhog Day, I should say. Uh, they, there was an AMC <clears throat> marathon. They played it again All and again and again. Yeah, so I caught funny. the end of one and the beginning of the next. Why, why do you think that has such longevity? Well, I think because AMC can get away with showing it all day long. You know? That's it. I'm also I'm also in Scrooge, which they show all day long too on Christmas. So, I'm trying to cover all the holidays, the ma- yeah. you know the major ones and the minor ones. Uh, why is it that it's on, or why? Why do you think it has such longevity? Because I wasn't the only person watching it. I, oh, I, I, I talked a, to at least forty or fifty people I think who watched it. I think it's an extraordinary movie. Yeah. It's uh, it's in the Library of Congress. It's a very important movie. The the premise of that film is a, is a great one, and the the execution is very, very good. So, I mean, I'm, I don't take a lot of credit for it. The kid whose idea it was, Danny Rubin, is a great... That I mean, he was touched touched by God when he wrote yeah, that. Yeah, it's really just a very well-rounded movie. Um, I, the movie that broke his friendship with Harold Ramis. Yep. Really? Uh, Why? They, did, they had different ideas for what the tone of the movie should be, uh, and they were fighting, fighting, fighting. 
uh, and they, I don't think they worked together again at all. And then obviously Harold Ramis has passed since then. Um, but they didn't bury the hatchet until they were very close to like, until Ramis was on his deathbed. Oh, Let's talk sad. about work habits of one Bill Murray. What are exactly his work hard? Does he show up on time and that kind of thing? <laughs> uh, does he show up on time? Well, we always know where he is. <laughs> uh, getting him out of that motorhome can be difficult. <laughs> Usually you assign one production assistant who's uh, just going to be a punching bag. <clears throat> you send her in first. You try to make it a small woman so it doesn't beat up on her too much. <laughs> She's the one who actually wakes him up. Then you send in the second team who <laughs> tries to drag him out of the motorhome. And, and then usually I'll walk over and say, hey, Bill, come on. You have to give him his motivation. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's, he's tremendous energy. When he's out there and working, he's giving it all. So this guy has earned a rest, you know. Is Bill kind of a perfectionist? Yeah, he's not just kind of a perfectionist he is um, he just wants to do it till he gets it right and uh, does he know when it's right yeah we both have a pretty good sense of uh, when that magic has happened you know and um, it's a process that we share from you know our working technique at Second City but we we know you know it's uh, we're not always right yeah, about see? it I mean yeah. we can both now, be fooled broke broke I'm sure broke him up there Brian are you happy no, because he had an opportunity to make amends. Yeah, that's absolutely. fucking great, man. That's very Murray Christmas all over again. Uh, wow. For years and years, Sadness. people have uh, speculated on how long Bill Murray's character uh, would have been stuck inside the time loop. Uh, Ramis said it was about 10 years and then later recanted and said it was probably more, but some people have done calculations. I can't, I can't quite find it right off the top of my head. But uh, I've seen 30 to 40 years as the guess. I've seen 800, and then somebody else said 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which would like just be hell. 11,900 days. And I believe it's based off of a book, too. And there's talks about like torturing the groundhog. So they decided to take that scene out because they felt that it would be very disturbing to the audience. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, Unforgettable say, when he's trying to kill himself and the groundhog's dri driving. I'm so sorry to cut you oh off. Oh, God. No, no, that's, that's, a, that's no. a classic scene. So fucking good. <clears throat> Brian. Uh, um, I lost my train of thought. And that's, oh, I was going to say, um, Chris Elliott, fantastic. I, I think Chris Elliott is, uh, is, understated and underrated uh for what he provides to movies um you know i could think about like even just like scary movie yeah scary movie too Chris oh, he goes up for like the bidding the the man auction like ten dollars uh, <laughs> um the guy who plays ned uh his name's steven tobolowski yep and uh He's in a, a uh, lot of stuff or tobolowski i should say He's in Silicon Valley as well. Uh, he's also in so California, he's still, still working today. Yeah, still working today. And, uh, <clears throat> Silicon Valley, is that like, worth the dip? It is fantastic. Okay. It's one of, one of the best shows they've seen in the last probably five, ten years. Wow. 
it's great especially if you're a nerd oh if you're a nerd it appeals to you that much more and maybe i'm biased because i work in it sales mm-hmm. so uh there's like so much that like it, it's literally so true and perfect um like that i don't want i won't delve into it and spoil anything in case you guys watch it but there's like a whole season where i'm like oh my god this is i've seen companies do exactly this um, um a little fun uh, cast uh michael shannon is in this he's one of the he's the fiance that gets the tickets for wrestlemania from bill murray He's uh he's General Zod in Man of Steel, mm. which I thought was kind of a cool little early tidbit. I was like, hey, Michael Shannon. <clears throat> yeah. I had to How Google who Chris Elliott was, and now that I see his face, I can I just list <laughs> off all the shows. You know who it is, but you don't know his yeah. name. Oh my god! Yeah, he crushes <laughs> in Shit's Creek. I'm just watching that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Groundhog day. I definitely recommend it. It is a necessary watch. It is so well crafted and dark and then hopeful again. I I find this to be, you know, a, a lot of themes that we'd see later on with, uh, Bill Murray's work, Bill's work. Yeah, and you were mentioning when the groundhogs uh, to the groundhog don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. <laughs> don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. Oh man, that's it's, not bad for a quadruped. It's such a it's such a strong Just side of your eye. Side of your eye. That's it. Hey, they're chasing us. Come on, make it fun. <laughs> Uh, Tom Hanks, Michael Keaton turned down playing Phil. Oh wow! Wow! I can actually see Keaton doing a really good job in that role. I hate Michael Keaton. I I like Michael Keaton. I I said he didn't understand the script. Wow! I don't know him as a person, but as an actor, I like him. I'd pay good money to see Tom Hanks in a groundhog going over, like in a test shot, (laughs) doing the driving scene. No kidding. I think, especially back then. When I think of Tom Hanks back then, I can picture it more so than thinking of Tom Hanks now. Because Tom Hanks has branched out and had such a strong career in serious roles that, like, I mean, in Groundhog Day still was kind of when Tom Hanks was starting to kind of branch away and do things like Forrest Gump, I think, was maybe a year or two afterwards. Um, But I could still picture Hanks doing it well as well. I guess uh, Michael Shannon embarrassed himself in front of Bill Murray. He was listening to the talking heads in between takes. And then he was asking Bill Murray, who was like, oh, so you like the band? And he realized how dumb the question was. And Murray acknowledged they liked the band in such a way that Shannon thought Murray believed him to be stupid. (laughs) After Shannon recounted... The story to Ramus. Ramus made Murray apologize, which only further embarrassed Shannon. So yeah, this is us talking about how Murray would just, you know, make fun of us throughout our day. Yeah, exactly. Um, next movie, Ed Wood. Uh, we'll cover Ed Wood in the Tim Burton episode because I think I'm the only one who's seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about a movie director trying to fulfill his 
dreams, even though he's kind of shit as a director. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a good it's a good movie. I recommend watching it when we do our Tim Burton episode. Uh next, Kingpin. I regret to inform all listeners I have not seen this movie. It is on my list. I really do. I hear it's a fucking classic. It it's absolutely ludicrously ridiculous, and <laughs> it, it's funny that you know in the late '90s we got to have a couple movies that were centered around bowling and crime. <laughs> yeah. I'm Lebowski. glad you said that because I honestly confused Big Lebowski and uh, and uh, Kingpin for years. I assumed they were like the same movie or getting mixed up when people were talking about them. Oh, sorry. Woody Harrelson uh, is just great. And this is a Fairly Brothers movie, by the way. Uh, so it's a bowling movie directed by brothers. Oh, <laughs> and it goes into our debate last uh, last episode about who the better brother duo is. It's yeah. like the each like it's like the Coen brothers just like we have to be the better brothers. We're gonna do a bowling movie too. Um, Chris Elliott's in this. Uh, Woody Woody Harrelson obviously, as I said, is fantastic as Roy Mudson, and uh, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid is in it yeah. too. Also, um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's in it. Yeah, where he has a bit line. You don't see him. You just hear him yelling during the bowling. Uh, like hmm. final. <laughs> Bill, uh, fun fact. Uh, spoiler alert: Chalupa, cover ah! ears. Oh, oh, uh, Bill Murray bowl. actually bowled the turkey at oh, wow. himself at the end of the movie, which is part of why the crowd actually went crazy because he did bowl three strikes in a row. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it's also. I love a movie that doesn't end on a happy note and uh, and Kingpin hits perfectly. And once again, Bill Murray plays that dick, that asshole role, just perfect. Where like you dislike him, but you can't hate him because there's enough humor to it. It is rare that he ever really comes off as the villain. Like we just talked about Groundhog's Day. He was an asshole the entire time. But, like, you're still in his corner. Like, I don't know what that speaks to his charisma. But even in this movie, he's closer to being the villain. But it's never quite there because everyone's so dislikable. Yeah. Uh, Larger Than Life. Next movie. This is. uh, I think I got this for Christmas for my birthday or something like that. (laughs) it's an interesting movie. It's heartwarming in the sense that Bill Murray is a good person in this one. Uh, one of Matthew McConaughey's first movies. Classic film. Uh, I don't know. It, nothing really stands out in my head about it, except that he's like in Mexico and he gets the elephant to like jump up on its hind legs and like push this building that's sinking in the mud about to fall over and pushes it back and like stands upright. That's it. I don't know. I don't really recall anything else. It's one of those movies with a fucking animal, and it was targeted at kids, and actually wasn't that good. I think my dad bought it for us because he saw it at Costco on sale or something like that. It's like, hey, it's Bill Murray. It's got to be good from that. Next Part movie, of me, Space Jam. Oh, Space Jam. I didn't get that. I did not get that for the longest time. I was like, because it's not Dan Aykroyd. 
I'm like, oh. um, Bill Murray once again just there for levity and to add a little bit. Yeah, I know. Mike, I got to ask you something. The NBA has to face reality. What's happening to these players is serious. They're going to need new players with talent, guys who are skilled but never really thought about a professional career before. You think I got a shot? Come on, really. No. Don't kid me. Listen, it's a man's game. And you can't play. What if I tried really hard? Can you keep it down? I'm trying to hit this ball. It's because I'm white, isn't it? No. Larry's white, so what? Larry's not white. Larry's clear. Got Got Larry. Get inside of his ball. You clowns can't beat that. It's the best shot I ever hit. You haven't been playing long. It's a Hall of Fame shot. Yeah, yeah. nice shot, Mr. Barry. Larry, please. Of nice different shot, comedy in Space Jam. Had a bit more than Larry Bird and Wayne Knight could never. Yeah. Uh, more than uh, Michael Jordan and his super serious self could. Who yeah. was Bill Murray yeah. there for? Was that just for the parents? Because, like, if it's Not a Bugs defense. Bunny movie, like, it seems weird that they would toss him in. He he would probably have aged out of kids' comedy at that point, right? What's the uh, what's the explanation he gives Daffy Duck when he's like, "How did you get here?" And it's uh, like, "Oh yeah, I know a couple of guys in like you know the studio, or they know me a favor, blah blah blah." And it's like, "Ah, I think that's how it works." All right. <laughs> and like just such a grand entrance. I'm here, Mike. I'm open. <laughs> and he's got the knees, and he's got. I could have made oh. it. He's watched, he's watched the game with Larry Bird. I could have, I could have made it. That was my shot. Uh, um, yeah, yeah he says, point. why did you get here? Um, I think he says, I know the, I know the producer or something <laughs> like that. Uh, the producer is a friend of mine. That's what he says. Ah, that's how it works. Yeah. I don't play defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Never trust an earthling. <laughs> I think uh, Space Jam. We could talk about that in a in another podcast. Just as like kind of the sports ridiculousness uh, sports movies and the ridiculousness of like, uh, and yeah. I just picture like the the. I don't know if anyone watched the recent Jordan documentary. I yeah. want to very badly. Uh, they but, need to do a spoof uh, on that. I just thought of it. But they should do a spoof on that with all the Looney Tunes characters. <laughs> <There's>, uh, <laughs> it's just like the last dance with Space Jam. <laughs> it would be pretty good. Um, but like, there's like a, there's a, there's a, uh, it's either a TikTok or like an Instagram reel or something where there's a guy and he's acting as Michael Jordan. Like he's got his like glass of whiskey. He's got a cigar and he's like, like, yeah. And then like someone mentions a basketball player and he's like, well, you see, he looked at me the wrong way. And, uh, and I didn't like that. And when I took it, that personally, I took that personally. So I had to, I had to, you know, go out there and give them 60. (laughs) And then like, and then it gets like more ridiculous. He's like, well, you see, he only tipped 14% when we were at a restaurant eating together. And uh, I didn't like that. So I used that as my motivation. I had to go out there and give them 60. (laughs) It just gets like more ridiculous. I just want to see the spoof of that, but with Space Jam. (laughs) 
well, you see, Sean Bradley was playing one of the mod stars. I don't like Sean Bradley because he just got in the NBA based off of tight. So I had to go out there and give him 60. Oh. <laughs> 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 like, uh, yeah, that's what I would like to see. Uh, the man who knew too little. Next movie, good comedy. Hey, Brian, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Uh, Tim, I believe you've seen it. Yeah, I would assume this was a lot older, but uh, if it, it's, it's up like there in the nineties, I would assume 90s, that was from the eighties. It's no, kind of got like going... a James Bond feel, but just with somebody yep. that's unaware of uh, what's going on. I don't really want to give away too much of it, but it's it's a spoof. It's a spoof. There's yeah. the the movie that the man who knew too much, and this is a, a comedy version mm-hmm. of that, which I think was actually already done in a comedy way, and they just redid it. But yeah, very yeah. good, very funny. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of, there's a lot of spy movie spoofs. This one's this one's kind of middle of the road. Okay. Um, I try to think like memorable quotes, anything like that, and just not a lot jumps out no. the the whole idea like uh him being kind of mistaken for a spy mm-hmm. uh, like when he's running over the cones and the, the cops are like oh, i always wanted to do that it's like yeah me too <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah other than that that's kind of all i gotta say about that <clears> one <throat> um i've only seen it once so yeah maybe that's yeah. why i can I only really watch so many movies either. man yeah um all right then we start to we start to branch into the wes anderson relationship here a little bit uh with rushmore is this a good spot to maybe uh put a pin in it and then pick it up when we do the wes anderson episode because like it it is hard to stop now non-wes anderson so we can leave the Wes Anderson one separate and Should then talk continued. about things like Charlie's Angels, or we can call it Bill Murray one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we can, we can stop and pick back up. Um, and well, how many more do we have? You figure. Back together. Uh, Charlie's Angels, Anderson. Lost in Translation, Coffee and Cigarettes, Garfield, Broken Flowers, Lost City, Garfield 2, Get Smart, oh, uh, Zombieland, Get Low, uh, Hyde Park on Hudson. Is yeah. Why? Because I think you're on a time, uh, Brian. Yeah, Monuments. And I got to leave in a Vincent. bit. So I think uh, like the last thing that we should hit and then give our uh, closing statements is just like some of the appearance ones, uh, like where he just shows up because he did that for a while. Charlie's Angels, uh, Get Smart. And then we oh, can... Oh, Charlie's Angels, he was the main guy in that one. Leave yeah, the... Uh, wow, he was barely in it. You just show up and disappear i don't remember him being he was in a sumo suit fighting tim curry he was in that movie (laughs) he was bosley and he also hated lucy lou Uh, that's why he was not in the second one he tried to get lucy lou to punch him (laughs) apparently that's that's the story (laughs) i can't work with asians put me in aloha with emma stone who will play an asian he had such a contentious relationship with her that he insulted her acting ability and goaded her trying to get her to punch him and get a reaction. Wow. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I'd be egging him on. I'd be in the corner like, come on, Lucy, come on, do it. With her fucking hit him. Fucking punch him right the- that happened on the set of Charlie's Angels back in 2000. Now, earlier this month, the story went viral after a production assistant claimed he saw Bill insult Lucy in front of everyone. 
Yeah, now the actress is sharing her perspective on the matter uh, for the very first time. So appearing on the Los Angeles Times podcast, Agent Enough, she revealed their clash came about during rehearsals on a scene which had been reworked without Bill's knowledge. When we started to rehearse this scene, which was all of us in the agency, we had taken the weekend to rework that particular scene. And Bill Murray was not able to come because he had to attend some family gathering. So it was everyone else and we just made the scene more fluid. And I wish I had more to do with it, but I didn't because I was the last one cast and I probably had the least amount of, you know, privilege in terms of creatively participating at that time. As we're doing the scene, Bill starts to sort of hurl insults and I won't get into the specifics, but... It kept sort of going on and on. And I started to see, I was like, wait, he seems like he's looking straight at me. <laughs> and I I couldn't, you know, believe that it could be towards me because what do I have to do with anything, you know, majorly important at that time? <laughs> and I, I literally do the like look around my shoulder thing. Like, who is he talking to behind me? And I realize, I sort of, I say, I'm so sorry. Are you talking to me? <laughs> And clearly he was, because then it started to become a like a one-on-one communication. Some of the language was inexcusable and unacceptable. And I was not going to just sit there and take it. So yes, I stood up for myself. And I don't regret it. Because no matter how low on the totem pole you may be, or wherever you came from, There's no need to condescend or to put other people down. And I would not stand down. I remember after that time that, you know, what came out in the press was that I was this and I was that. And it was incredible to me how it was turned around and they automatically thought that the woman was the difficult one Years later, maybe even decades later, some crew members that I I didn't even know at the time came up to me on other sets and told me that they were there at the time. And they were really grateful that I did that. And I have nothing against Bill Murray at all. And I've seen him since then at a SNL reunion. And he came up to me and was perfectly nice. But... I, I'm not going to sit there. I really, and, really and be enjoy Get Smart. I watched the old show a lot growing up, but uh, his cameo in that, where he's just in the tree, and that's like his whole bit. Is it? Hi. Hi. Agent 13, you are in a tree. Yeah. Communications got knocked out, so they put me in a tree. <laughs> old school stuff. Well, I'm glad to see you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to get going. Would you raise up the walkway, You please? don't have to get going. You don't have to get yeah, going. Yeah, I've got a meeting, so. How you been? I've been well. Everything good? It's great. Well, I gotta... Could you come back this way? I... Yeah, yeah, I think I will. What time? Well... Hmm. I get it. 
wants to talk to a guy in a tree. <laughs> I, I get it. Hang in there. Don't cry. Don't. Please don't cry. <laughs> I, uh... Trying to think what other... Oh, Zombieland cameo. Oh, my oh, God. Dude, did you watch it past the credits, too? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Any regrets? <laughs> Maybe Garfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Murray, you're a zombie. Zombie, you're talking. What are you, you're okay. The hell I am. I'm sorry. I didn't know that it was that it was you. You. Are you? What's with the the get up? Oh, I do it to blend in. You know, you know, zombies don't mess with other zombies. A buddy of mine, makeup guy, showed me how to do this. Cornstarch. You know, some berries, a little licorice for the ladies. Suits my lifestyle. You know, I like to get out and do stuff. Just played nine holes at Riviera. Just walked on. Nobody there. God damn it, Bill fucking Murray! I had to get that out. I don't mean to gush. This is so surreal. I mean, you probably get this all the time. I really, maybe not lately, but I'm I'm such a huge fan of yours. I mean, I swear, you know, I've seen every one of your movies a million times, and I, I even love your dramatic roles and just oh. everything. Six people left in the world. One of them is Bill fucking Murray. I know that's not your middle name. But I've been watching you since I was like, since I could masturbate. I mean, not that they're connected. You know, for me. No! No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I got him. Is that how you say hello? Where you coming from? Oh my god. Oh my god, I can't believe I shot Bill Murray. Mr. Murray? I just... Bill, I think now. Bill? Yeah? I don't think we're gonna be able to stitch this. Ah, uh, that's still tender. You think you might pull through? If it means anything now, I am so sorry. It's just instinctive. It's my bad. I was never a very good practical joker. So do you have any regrets? <laughs> Garfield, maybe? He just gets me. <laughs> I'm so bad that he died, though. He would have been so cool to hang out with the whole time. Like, how shitty. Fucking Jesse Eisenberg. It's a shit. Oh, I love it. I love it. it it's Zombieland as a, as a movie in general is just. It's so well done. Um, I guess that'd be Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray working for the second time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's part of why Bill did the did the cameo is because uh, because of Woody. I don't know, but it's such a strong cameo too. 
yeah. like whatever the thought process was, whoever thought about it, it's just good on them. When we do a beatdown, we got to talk about the best sequels and the worst. And I think uh, one of the worst ones is such a letdown is Zombieland 2. I did not. Yeah, damn. damn. I didn't mind Double Tap. I didn't mind it. I, it wasn't as good as the first. That's for sure. There's some bad but... sequels out there. I'm going to say that's probably top 10. Ooh, that's harsh. Ooh, we going to have a debate when we do the beatdown. Well, it's going to be interesting to see whose uh, favorite is because it's got to be either Empire or T two. Probably. Well, that's probably why you got to. That's why you got to dive into some cooler ones, like like ones that you're not actually thinking of. You know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, before we hop in, uh, delve into all the Wes Andersons and the other stuff. Um, I think one of my favorite Bill Murray movies that we didn't really get a chance to touch on. Uh, and maybe it's a combination of things overall, but Lost in Translation, I think, is just so well done. A lot of people don't like it because they think it's slow. Uh, I didn't get to watch this. I remember my parents watching it and they hated it, but that doesn't really mean much. it was slow. Because <laughs> it's probably um, slow. But like I, I always hear the reference in pop culture of like, what do you think he said? You know? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Lost in Translation was the one that uh, Bill Murray's character is from a foreign land. He lands at an airport and his country is collapsed. Uh, similar to Terminal with Tom Hanks? Like, is that Great of movie. the same era? Like, I feel like those two were released, again, kind of side by side. So I always conflate them in my head. Yeah, um, he wait lost in translation is the one where he's in tokyo yeah okay and he's having like a midlife crisis oh and he meets he meets scarlett johansson i don't remember um he did get nominated for an oscar for this i genuinely must have thought that this was terminal (laughs) yeah yeah <laughs> like i think you're uh i think you're confusing it for something else um at couch critics canada's movie... we never claim to be experts <laughs> the movie is um it's really just about like him struggling uh with his own identity and really understanding who he is and coming to grips with the fact that he's he was a movie star that's basically fallen off okay so he uh he goes to tokyo to promote some is like rum or whiskey or something like that and then he meets scarlett johansson and they become friends uh and they they really connect uh and kind of grow through their relationship with each other uh i think it's brilliantly shot sofia coppola did such a great job with it we could do a we could do a whole episode just on her uh i think she won best original screenplay um for this movie checking i'm pretty sure that was the that was the oscar that that was the win oh roman Um, polanski won for the pianist for directing yeah roman polanski (laughs) (laughs) oh 
I just um, watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm like, why didn't they kill him? <laughs> uh, Giovanni Ribisi's in it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Giovanni Ribisi. I think he's very underrated as an actor. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, Anna Ferris is in it, funny enough, in Lost in Translation. But this was really about just two people that you would think would have zero chemistry uh, and would have zero connection coming together. And that's the story of two people, uh, two people just bonding and growing together, but in their own ways. It's brilliant. I love this movie. I can't say enough about it. Um, it definitely, I think, is in my own personal top 250 list, let alone, uh, I don't know if it hits the IMDb top 250, but... Sorry, I was in the, I was in the wrong year. That was uh, 2003. This is 2004. Yeah. That it was, you know uh... what? You're selling me on it, man. Like, I'm really excited to see this. Uh, I, I don't have much exposure to Scarlett Johansson's, like, serious work outside of like the the Marvel movies where she doesn't really get a chance to to do a hell of a lot. Um I, I saw the one where she was an alien seducing men into a fucking pond in Ireland, but uh this seems really interesting if she can keep up with Bill, like it's going to be a fucking interesting movie. Yeah. I for well, one believe that Scott Johansson is the female version of Keanu Reeves. So <laughs> robot actor, uh attractive, but I just find her like really monotone and kind of robotic a lot of times not saying that she's horrible but like i think not, it definitely not, depends on the movie she'd be casted as much as she is wow mm-hmm. shots fired at scarjo yeah that'd be beat down female actresses or overrated actor, <laughs> actors actresses that'd be a good one uh yeah i think so too i think uh well i think of her i think like jojo rabbit she was really good she was in. great in that one she was really good in that one that's one thing i uh, agree with you oh guys talking about bill murray with you guys has been so much fun and i know that we have the latter half of his career to really dig into and get into we only made it really to the mid uh, 90s a little bit into the 2000s but uh what what an amazing character and to i'm excited to learn more about the wes anderson films i've stayed away from them for a long time uh so when we do that episode, I'm I'm excited to fucking dig in. Uh, if you're looking to reach out and talk to us, you could. Uh, the guys are going to give their Instagrams. You can get them there. You could email the channels uh, Gmail at beardandboard at gmail.com. You could talk to us on DMs or on any of our pages for Instagram at beardandboardpodcast. Um, and if I was going to give you a recommendation this week, I've been watching a lot of, a lot of X-Files, which is good. No, I'm going to recommend The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. If you're just looking for a good book to start digging into as the weather's getting colder out there, definitely pick up The Name of the Wind. Bri? Oh, interesting. Heroic fantasy novel. Very interesting. Um... Yeah, you can find me not underscore just underscore BS on Instagram. That's uh, it's kind of the only thing I, I do. I try to avoid most social medias. And then I've started the Twitch back up. Fuck uh, yeah. No meme fights for a while, but uh, but some other stuff. I did my fantasy football draft live yesterday on Twitch. Uh, so that's twitch.tv slash not just BS. Uh, yeah, come 
subscribe, watch, have some fun, uh, say hello in the comments, and let me know that you came from here if you did. Um, yeah, pretty much it. If I was going to recommend one thing, uh, <laughs> I've actually picked back up American Gods. The, oh, nice. The Neil Gaiman novel. It's worth it. It's a very solid read. It's a, also a great show on uh, Amazon Prime that unfortunately I think is canceled right now. Um, right when it's coming into its own, like right at the end of the third season. I think there's talks of it being picked back up. Brian, so. <laughs> Tim is showing his, his book, his copy of it. I still haven't. American. That's the exact. I've heard Anasazi boys one are I have. fantastic as well. Yeah, and, and Nancy oh, boys is supposed man. to be really good. It's supposed to be really good. Uh, I have not read it yet, uh, but I'm impressed that you have it. I also like the Gloomhaven copy behind. Me. Uh, the the I have not played Gloomhaven even in a couple of years now. I've never had it's a fantastic. chance to buy. I've just like picked up little things along the way as other people were getting rid of stuff. So I have that. I have the Rick and Morty D and D, all different kinds of Pathfinder D and I want to get a Call oh, of Cthulhu guys. game going so bad. Yeah. We, Is that the Watchmen I see there? By the way, I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to yeah, identify things behind you. I see I see the yellow in the center, like the wording, the yellow wording that screams Watchmen. I see that. Yeah, I got the Watchmen. They say that for marketing. Yellow and red are the most eye-catching. I yeah. got, also got McDonald's a couple of the speaking. Preacher books. Invisibles, which was really, really good. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I have all the Adventure Zone uh, novels translated from there. They made a comic book out of their year-long, uh, years-long podcast uh, doing D&D with their dad. So my background... Uh, you can only see two DVD shelves. It used to be ten. Oh fuck! Yeah, um, we we got rid of a ton because a who watches DVDs anymore. But I actually like wrote down. I have a document of like it's like fifteen hundred movies that were my DVD collection before I gave them all away. For the most part, we kept uh, kids movies. On the one side, so that like Sabrina could watch, and then some Christmas movies on the other side. Nice. That's the because there's still times where like you know you can't find a Christmas movie easily, Agreed. stuff like that, and Agreed. it's just like all right, let's put there's it on. There's some really obscure films out there that aren't streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Chalupa, all where right. can the people fucking find you, brother? They can fucking find me on Instagram at. Chalupa Cabra 52. Um, yeah, uh, it's a private account. Send me a message. Let me know where you heard, heard me from because I get lots of requests from just bots and girls with uh, uh, that want to love me a long time. So, yeah, send me a message and uh, I'll add you. Um, I, will I will go a different direction other than a book. I don't read very often. And when I do, it takes me like a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i am working on a novel but i, I think i'd go a different direction uh tim and i were kind of touching on it uh, a little bit before we started recording but um there's a really good artist on instagram you can find him at uh mr werewolf and he does wonderful artwork for uh if you're familiar with the board game scythe uh, or if you're familiar with the video game Iron Harvest, his artwork is, it looks very traditional, almost kind of like 
Eastern European like pre-communist propaganda, which mm-hmm. I'm also a big fan of that artwork too. But like, um, you know, lots of, you know, women uh, working in the fields kind of image. And then you'll have like some kind of like double AT motherfucker marching around like a robot, which looks pretty cool. So I'll recommend him and then everything he's a part of. Um, Iron Harvest is a kick-ass looking video game. I haven't played it yet. Check it out. Uh, the trailer's on YouTube or his page. And then also check out um, Scythe. Um, I played it once. It's a pretty complex game, but really fucking worth it to dive into. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah nice. check it out. Really, really cool. Wonderful artist. I believe he's from Poland. So and That's the other thing. We don't talk about video games much here, but Couch Critics, video games are played on a couch. Same with board games. We could branch out, talk a little bit more about that kind of stuff. Man, ever since moving to Ontario here and working at the brewery and having my schedule over the place, I barely touch video games anymore. Like, I've got Civilization V on the computer, which I've only maybe played a couple times. I've got my PS3 where I just, I I would just still play NHL 11 like crazy. And then I've also got like War Thunder, which is a plain game. Uh, and then Rise of Nations and all that shit. But yeah, man, I've been falling behind. I was really thinking about getting into this Iron Harvest game just because it's like a different timeline of uh, world, just post World World War One. Mm-hmm. Looks mm-hmm. fucking cool. Everyone's got a hero. Like, oh yeah, it's, that sounds it's awesome. Sweet. It's fucking sweet. Look into it, Tim. Yeah, you'd love it. Well, maybe I'll jump on cool. your Twitch stream one night. We can play some uh, Cold War. <laughs> uh, Pony I would, uh... news, bud. I I have not uh, so I have not touched a Call of Duty game in a while. To be honest, I played a little bit of Warzone, um, but I'm playing a lot of Splitgate right now. I don't know what that is. Do you pl- do you play PC or do you play on uh, PlayStation console? Five? PlayStation Five. Okay, I think Splitgate's on PS Five. Fucking um, Benjamins. Yeah, Splitgate. Splitgate is like Halo meets Portal. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's really it's really fun. It's fast paced. Uh, I've been playing a ton of it. I'll actually probably be playing it on stream if not tonight, then tomorrow. I have so. to be really cautious with my purchases, so I'm gonna take a good look at it. Uh, it's free. It- Oh fuck, that's awesome! <laughs> because I was just about to show you my my latest shame purchase, that like I'm fucking, oh, you're Jar Jar, gusted with myself for buying. <laughs> I wish it was like this. Like, what is he, a lieutenant? The other guy, it's like always writing the fucking <laughs> yeah. thing. I'm like, at least he would have been cool, but no, he got Jar Jar. I had Jar Jar as a Lego character. Oh my god! Because I bought. Oh yeah, my I, God. I bought that set. It was pretty fucking I'm dope. thinking I'm like, going to oh, have to f- flip this one, uh, my Wrecker from Bad Batch, because the second you get it at a store, it goes up about 60 bucks. So. Oh, there you wow. go. I forgot how expensive Star Wars action figures were. I got to be better than this. Mm-hmm. I have no money. I have to be better than this. I can't keep doing this same shit. Or we have to start making money doing this. Soon for you, it's just going to be Critics Canada because you're not going to have to sell your couch. (laughs) (laughs) You just got from Leon's. Yeah, just fucking got it. Still paying. Oh, man. All right, boys. It's been fantastic talking with you. Oh, man. Too much fun. Too much fun. Yeah. It was good times. Uh, I am going to go say hi to my daughter, water the grass, and call one of my clients back. Water the grass. Grass. What a Water the grass, man. Got to keep it. Got to keep your, it nice and prevent the squirrels. And prevent the squirrels and skunks from digging. 
you need a full grass to prevent things from digging in it. That's such a dad uh, statement. It is. It absolutely <laughs> is. It's watering your lawn 101, Tim. Come on. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, right, boys. Guys. See you guys. Have a good one. Say that, you lad. Yes, sir. Are you talking to me? And take three. Yes, indeed. Buy me a goose. The biggest goose in all of London. Camera three, follow the coin all the way down. Oh, I got it. Holy shit, that's Frank Cross. He's drunk. He's oh nuts. <laughs> He's finished. Ah, shut up! Don't touch that dial and stay out! What's your name, son? Mike. Mike, say hello to your folks, will you? Hi. Mike is doing a great job here for us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. That's Frank Cross. Uh, I am. Frank is he supposed Cross. to be in the show? I am the president what of the IBC Network. Good evening and Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, with me in the booth is Elliot Lottermilk. Elliot, how are we doing up there? Open his mic. Wonderful, but um, I don't think you're going to be president tomorrow. I, at least I am the president uh, of the network tonight. Tomorrow morning, I may not be. You can uh, bet your Aunt Susie's ass can on that. So what are you doing watching television on Christmas Eve? They're paying your salary, you ass. And what kind of, a, of a, a rat bastard idiot would schedule a live show on a Christmas Eve? Only you, Frank. <laughs> you know, a week ago, I'd have kicked your butt right out of the building. But you know something? He's absolutely right. You are looking at a guy who told someone today to staple antlers to a mouse's head to further my career. How many of you people have got the brass cojones to try something like that? Follow him. Follow him. Stay with him. Family. I don't know where he's going. Uh, all of these people, I'm sure, have incredible families, but I have. Look, I got a great brother. Look at this guy here. My brother James, look how cute he was back then. Oh, oh, look how small he's oh. And look at me with the, the ears, the taxi driving down the street with the doors open. Thank God my hair grew in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I got this for Christmas today from him. I gave him a towel. The VCR is from Grace, James. You were right about everything, okay? Except... The SS Minnow, James. What was the ship that brought them all to Gilligan's Island? The SS Minnow. No points this round, James. Shit. Wait a minute. How did he Wait a minute. Hello, Wendy. Ouch! Hello? Um, control room, how can I help you? This is Rhinelander. I want to talk to the idiot who put that moron on the air. Oh, um... Bryce Cummings is the idiot, really sir, but he can't talk to you right now because uh, he's tied up. Uh-huh. Yes. In fact, he just said that you were a flatulating butthead. A butthead? He said he never felt that way about a man before, but he really liked you in a certain way. Oh, whoa, I dropped her. I'm just kidding. She's a doll. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> it's all right. It's a party. Come on, it's Christmas Eve. Lighten up a little bit. Billy, we are going to need champagne for 250 people, and please send the stuff that you send to me. Don't send the stuff that I send to other people. You know, it's not too late on Christmas Eve to have fun. You, you can call people that you haven't seen. You can call a college roommate. You can call, you know, an old army buddy. Keep that tape call rolling. This could your be personal history. banker. Hey! 
I don't hear any partying in that boat, Elliot. Great! You heard him party! Now why wasn't I invited? Now that was just an innocent window and you saw what I did to that. Oh, I don't you know who you're dealing with. I mean, uh, it's a night. You've got to party hardy, Marty. Look at this. Check this out. Whoa! Don't be so mean. Uh, look at this. There's a rule. There's a tradition that says, I have to kiss this girl on the lips. Well, she's just upholding the law. It's a federal law, actually. It's not just a state thing. Hey, thank you. Boy, that was very good. That, but you know what? It wasn't great. There has only been one great. There is a girl that I wish I were with tonight. It's a girl that I, I loved a long time ago. A girl that I still love. It's Christmas Eve. It's not too late, is it? Claire, do you remember? Legs around like this, then this thing here. You circle me, chanting, burning incense before we begin. Tonight, I think we could do this without serious physical or psychological damage. Can you get me to the IBC building in three minutes? Which floor? We should be taping this. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. It's Christmas Eve. It's it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. We 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 smile a little easier. We 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 we, we share a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. It's a miracle. It's really a sort of a miracle because it happens every Christmas Eve. And if you waste that miracle. You're gonna burn for it. I know what I'm talking about. You have to do something. You have to take a chance. You, you do have to get involved. There are people that are having, having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people that don't have enough to eat. That, there are people that are cold. You can go out and say hello to these people. You can take an old blanket out of the closet and say, here, you can make them a sandwich and say, oh, by the way, here. I get it now. And if you, if you give, then you, then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's, it's everybody who's got to have this miracle. And it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you, the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You've just got to want that feeling. And if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. You'll want it every day of your life. And it can happen to you. I don't, I believe in it now. I believe it's gonna happen to me now. I'm ready for it. And I, it's great. It's a good feeling. It's, it's really better than I felt in a long time. 
I, I, I'm ready. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody.